Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we thank you for this gift of the Advent season. A time where we prepare a lot of things. We prepare our homes, we prepare our places of work, we, we, we prepare the sanctuary. All to allow us the opportunity to welcome you. To welcome you not only into our hearts, but into our homes into our our routines, into our daily rhythms. And we pray that as we continue to move through this season of Advent, thinking about the one who will come, not only as a baby and a manger, but the one who will come to set us free at the end of all time. Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We're just going to get right into our scripture for this morning as we continue to look at the words of Isaiah. I invite you to look at Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4. If you don't have those words on in your Bibles, we do have them on the screen for you to follow. Hear the word of the Lord. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So there are three words that I really want us to focus on this morning. Those four, three words are rest, freedom, and release. Rest, freedom, and release. Normally during the Advent season, you don't hear a lot of talk about those three words. Especially don't hear words about rest because we're so busy. I tell you, one of the things that, that kind of worries me or, or frustrates me as a pastor, it seems like we become the most busiest during this time of year. I know last week we were talking about things around this season during our Sunday school class, and somebody said, you know, I just find myself just adding one more thing to the list of stuff that I need to do during the season. 
and, and later I was talking to her husband. And one of the things that her husband said, yeah, Pastor Chris, we were talking about adding things to what we needed to get done. Well, my wife went home and she added like about three more things to her list that she needed to do. But we all do that. We all have a tendency to do that. We know that there's, there's one more thing that needs to be done. That there's one more activity that needs to be uh, participated in. There, there's just one more thing. And then once that thing is over, we'll add one more thing. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that, that everything that we have control over and everything that we are supposed to be doing, we'll make sure that gets done. But see, the ad season of Advent should be a time of rest. It should be a time of freedom. And it should be a time of release. That's what Isaiah is talking about here. Isaiah is reminding us that, that the one who is to come is the one that is to provide rest. The one who is to come is the one who is to provide freedom, and the one who is to come is to provide release. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me to, pro to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This reminds us, if we're familiar with the patterns of the ancient world, of the Jewish world, that, that rest was something that they were called in to. If you go all the way back to Genesis 1, 1, towards the end of that scripture, we hear how, G, how God created the entire world, and on the very last day, on that seventh day, he rested. And on that rest, it was a call for all people to follow that pattern, to, to follow that opportunity to rest. It was so important that I think forgotten because the Israelites people were called into slavery when they were in Egypt, that when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he made sure that there was a provision that they rest. That they took the Sabbath day and they made it holy because he reminds them, because after I created all of the world, guess what I did? I rested as well. So, so every week we are to participate in that rhythm of making sure that we take a day of rest. But it doesn't stop there. It continues, and not only a day of rest, but through a full year of rest. And in Leviticus chapter 25, we hear about this, this year of rest, or this Sabbath year. We've taken that into a way for uh, definitely professors in schools to take a sabbatical year, and within that sabbatical year, they, they, they take off the the mantle of being a teacher for the year, but they are supposed to start doing research. And it allows them the opportunity to, to be a part of a work. There are other places that allows you to take a sabbatical rest after a year. It may not be a full year, but maybe a month or so where you can rest and renew. 
But see, we don't like that in our world today. We don't like the idea of, of taking a rest because we're supposed to keep busy. We're supposed to keep working. We're supposed to be churning out all of those things that we're supposed to do. But see, God reminds God's people that we are not machines, that we are our flesh and blood, and we must stop and rest and allow opportunities to be renewed in what Jesus has done in our lives. But the prophet Isaiah continues, and not only does he talk about this renewal of the year of the Lord's favor, he's reminding of them that they are able to receive freedom in their rest because every 49 years, a big reset button is supposed to be pushed. And this reset button did more than allow people to have rest. It, it kept people free. Within those 49 years, something may have happened to a family where, where they have had to sell their land or, or where people have been put into captivity or put into prison. The, the 49th year represents a time where everything is set right. And that you are no longer a captive, you are no longer a slave, your, your land is supposed to rest completely if you had to sell your land because of debt, you received your land back. All of these things happen on this year of Jubilee. And with this allowal of freedom, you were set on a new course, on a new path of freedom, of wholeness, of a chance to start over again. I have a really good friend who just celebrated his 50th birthday. Actually, he celebrated it last January. And one of the things that he was looking forward to while he was still 49 years old, he was looking forward to his Jubilee year. See, his previous employer took massive advantage of him. His previous employer really abused him, if you will. And he knew that he was going to be able to have this freedom set by him because he was leaving that world behind and he was moving into a new adventure. And as he was moving into this new adventure, he knew that he would have new opportunities. He had a new job lined up that looked like it was going to be the absolute most perfect job for him. He and his family were going to pick up from where they lived and, and move to a, a new city where, where they had other friends that they would be able to, to be a part of their lives and, and they would feed into them and, and they would start over. For him, when he looked at this ability to, to celebrate and to be a part of this year of Jubilee, he knew that everything was going to be rosy and peachy and everything was going to turn out exactly how he wanted them to turn out. 
but it didn't turn out that way. During this year of Jubilee, things happened in his life, and, and honestly, it almost looked like he was living the life of Job than he was living a life of Jubilee and freedom. So as we move closer to winding down his year of Jubilee, we had a phone conversation last week, and, and I heard a sense of hope in him. Even though things did not pan out as he thought they would for his year of Jubilee, he, he, he talked to me and he said, Chris, one of the things that I have seen during this past year is that God handed me little moments of grace. And those little moments of grace has helped me make it through this year. Yes, I have a, a complete start over, if you will. I have a, a, a wave that I am able to, to move forward in a new way that has kept me from being captive from the life that I had before. But because it did not become a perfect opportunity for me, it allowed me the opportunity to rely on God in the midst of struggle, in the midst of tension, in the midst of things not going the way that I want them to go, but I know that God is with me. It's like the Lord's Prayer that we pray every Sunday, that reminder that we say, God, give us today our daily bread. God, give me what I need for today so that I can move forward. And, and uh, friends, uh, honestly, that is a bit unsettling. It, it's a bit unsettling because we want to know what is going to happen down the road. We will want to know and have that assurance of what it is that, that we're going to be walking into especially as we walk into something new. But I think the promise of Jubilee is that Jesus walks with us. Jesus moves with us and Jesus guides us so that we can have his assurance that he will never leave us or abandon us. So we move forward several hundred years from our passage of Isaiah to a synagogue in Nazareth where Jesus is taking his Sabbath break and he goes into the synagogue and he is handed a scroll and the scroll that he is handed is this particular scroll from Isaiah 61. And he reads the scripture that we just heard today, and he adds a little commentary to it. After he finishes, and he says, today is the day of the Lord's favor. He says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled because of me and because what I am called to come and do. The people of Nazareth were surprised. The people in Nazareth were like, wow, this, this is Joseph's son. 
the, the carpenter. And he is proclaiming freedom for us right now. So, so let's get on the Jesus bandwagon and let's do what Jesus has called us to do. But in Jesus is the way that he always does. He, he puts a spin on it. He puts a spin on it by mentioning a widow that Elijah helped. Which Jesus helped a lot of widows and Elijah could have helped a lot of widows. But this one particular widow was a Gentile. And I can think and feel the people in the synagogue kind of rustling around a little bit because there were hundreds of widows in Israel that he could have helped. But why did Elijah help this one widow who was a Gentile? And then he goes and shares words on another prophet, Elisha. Elisha could have helped hundreds of lepers who were Israelites, but, but he went not only to a Gentile leper he went to one who was in charge of an army and he gave him freedom from leprosy and i think that was the last straw for the nazarites they, they did not want to hear that freedom was available for the gentiles they wanted that freedom for them because they were the ones who were oppressed and so they gathered Jesus up and they took him up to the, the base, uh, the, the, the top of a hill, getting ready to throw him over the cliff, but then he disappeared. He was gone. See, see, their reaction was that they wanted that freedom and that release from them, but that's not what Jesus came for. Jesus just didn't come for the Israelites. Jesus came from each and every one of us so that we may have that rest in him, that we may have that freedom in him, but that we may be released from those things that hold us back. That we may be released from the sin that is in our lives and that so we may have the freedom that comes only from Jesus Christ. So, so how do we begin that celebration of freedom? The first is you see it right here with, with, with the church. When we are gathered together, when we are the body of Christ, we then not only gather as the body of Christ, we are able to participate in that freedom that he gives to others around us. When we share in Christian community, we are then able to share in that love and grace to provide freedom and release for those around us. Friday, we celebrated our Red-Nosed Bulldog Distribution Day. And we had over, I, th I think BJ said, the final number of students that we were able to help with our red-nosed bulldog through our community was 158 students. 158 students. Last year, I think we helped about 80. So we doubled the amount of students that we were able to pull the community together to help because it wasn't just us that did it. It, it, it was the... Royce City ISD community that helped support these kids. We just uh, allowed the place to happen here. 
But see, the thing that I caught more, that, that caught my attention and caught my mind more than us giving gifts to kids were the prayer requests that came in from these families. We had over 30 prayer requests come in from the 47 families that we helped this year. And, and some of the prayer requests were simple prayer requests, but we know that some of them were deep despair and hoping for release that only Jesus can give. Prayers for jobs, prayers for health, protection for finances, prayers for mental health for, for little kids. They're dealing with stress and anxiety that is out there that, that comes into their lives where they should just be having fun and having joy. Those are things that these parents, these grandparents, these aunts and uncles that, that we are able to help, they are saying we are calling for rest for our families. We are calling for freedom from those things that, that are binding us together, and we are calling for release, that these things are no longer a part of who we are, a part of our story, but that we may live in the story of redemption that is given to us by a baby that is born in a manger. See, that's the church that we are a part of. We are a part of a church that proclaims that it is no longer time to be held captive from those things of the world around us, but that we live in the freedom of Jesus, the freedom that we celebrate this Christmas day. My thoughts and prayers as your pastor and as your friend is to think, how do we continue to participate in this freedom? How do we continue to participate in this setting things free? So that life of abundance that Jesus came to give, we can share that abundant life with others. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming. And as this jubilee continues to be a part of our lives, we believe that you died for our sins and that you rose again. So God, we pray that you release us all from our labors. And bring us into the full enjoyment of your jubilee as we come to the manger this next week. We pray that as we return to you, all of our fears, all of our anxieties, all of our worries, all of our stresses, that you give us rest. You build in us the freedom that we receive from you and that you help us to release these things 
that hold us back so that we may fully live within your kingdom of love and grace. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.